Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens, with your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. Now let's join the conversation. We've been seeing a lot in the news lately about Kanye West, uh, the rapper, the musician Kanye West, the number one album on the Billboard charts right now in the country is his Jesus is King album. And so I thought what we would do is talk today about Kanye West and this whole Kanye West phenomenon because he's an extremely popular singer, there's no doubt, although I fully admit I'm not a Kanye West fan. I couldn't even tell you any Kanye West songs. Uh, But there's been a lot of talk in the news about how he recently has accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And I know that there have been many Christians who look at that through kind of a skeptical eye, skeptical lens. Okay, yeah, is this really legit or is he just kind of doing this as part of a PR marketing strategy and branding strategy for himself? He's been holding these Sunday services and we're seeing now apparently a lot of people coming together at these Sunday services praising the Lord. This pastor in Louisiana just Last week said that this past Sunday there were over a thousand people that made first time decisions for Jesus Christ. And so it's got a lot of people wondering hey, wait a minute here, is this maybe the real deal? And as Christians, how should we respond to Kanye West, Jesus as King, and this whole movement? Well, we're going to talk about this uh, with the guys, of course, you know, John Rush, Roger Marsh, Neil Boron, myself. Bob Duco. And uh, Neil, let me start with you, kind of throw this out to you. How much do you even know about Kanye West? I mean, I'll level with you. (laughs) I know the name, but if you asked me before today to name even one Kanye West song, I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of clueless. I just don't know. I don't really know a lot. I have spent quite a bit of time reading articles and watching some YouTube videos of Kanye himself talking about this experience. But um, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't in any way want to present myself as any kind of an expert, and I don't think I'm alone on that. But that's that well, you know. Let's let's take. see. Let's go around the table. And, and Roger, John, I mean, Roger, how much you know about Kanye? I'm hoping that at least one of us is a Kanye aficionado that can be the expert. <laughs> well, I'm not sure that I consider myself an aficionado. In all honesty, guys, and I, I maybe I speak for more of us than just myself on this one. I kind of. My Kanye West knowledge primarily is the Kardashian thing and the MAGA hat and the fact that he spent the past couple of years as a pretty outspoken Donald Trump supporter. I mean, I I don't – as far as the music goes, there are a lot of people who are famous for being famous, and I'm aware that he's had a musical career that people are are very, very passionate about. But in terms of knowledge of – it's really more knowledge of the persona of Kanye West as opposed to the artist and what his uh, his, uh, his work means. John's probably got a different story, but I mean, that's not, that's, that's well, why I'm kind of with Neil on this one. And, and actually, I was going to say, Roger, you, you talk about his MAGA hat wearing and Donald Trump supporting. This is the same Kanye West, if you recall, when George Bush was president after Hurricane Katrina. And Bush, I believe, was unfairly smeared in his Hurricane Katrina response. But uh, still, Kanye West is the one who went on TV and said, uh, George Bush doesn't like black people. It's like, wow, really? You know, so it appears that he's had a little bit of a political transformation as well. But John, this pretty much falls on you. It sounds like a Roger, Neil and myself are clueless. So we're kind of hoping that you're the president (laughs) of the uh, Denver, Colorado uh, (laughs) Kanye West fan club. I'm not the president of the fan club, but hang around with you know, lots of millennials and have lots of kids and probably know more about Kanye than, you know, honestly, 
you know, I care to. Yeezy is, you know, his kind of his nickname. He's got a deal with Adidas when it comes to shoes and things like that. You know, he's, he's worth about $240 million. All of you guys, what you said so far is exactly right. He's been very outspoken on sort of the liberal side and, and kind of the racist end of things and has really turned a corner along those lines, became very conservative, was a Donald Trump supporter, took a lot of flack for that, but I'll be honest with you, held his own very well in that particular arena, you know, very much a conservative as far as that goes. And then recently, of course, what we're going to talk about today has had a, you know, experience with, you know, with Christ and the gospel and is very outspoken along those lines as well. And, you know, am I a Kanye West fan? I mean, I don't know if I'm a fan, but I don't know that I'm against the guy either. I mean, I'm just one of those guys where, you know, it is what it is and to each his own. And if he's somebody that can, you know, you know, now promote the gospel and do some things for, you know, Christendom that, that you know, even the rest of us cannot do, then, you know, we'll talk about some of that today. But, you know, more power right. to him. Now, you said Yeezy. I, you know, I've heard this term. So is Yeezy kind of a nickname that's been given yes. to him okay and then what that's, about yeah, the his nickname what about the yeezus because so what is yeezus is that a that was that was prior to his conversion he sort of thought of himself frankly guys as kind of a messiah if you would he kind of had this messiah complex i guess right. you would say prior to you know prior to actually having the real messiah in his life he really kind of had this god complex i guess you could say and was really you know pretty big for his britches i guess is the old fashion term for saying that and right. yet today uh you know and, here, and here's the other thing that i've looked at and we'll talk more about this through the program today but you, you know the biggest thing that i've noticed with him and i'm and I'm, maybe this sounds really weird but if you look at his facial expressions and where he was you know five years ago versus where he is today his facial expressions to me anyways are completely different and his humbleness even even in regards to how he looks is much different today than it was in the past you know i gotta say john i I've noticed that uh, when I look at him, there seems to be, I mean, almost in his countenance, a sense of he doesn't yes. seem to have that kind of arrogant uh, look at me, right. the angry rapper kind of thing. There, there does seem to be a, a softness in his countenance. And, and but uh, yeah, no, because before Bob, he was very. I mean, I would consider him to be a very hard individual prior. I mean, very, to your point, angry, and his music even sort of, you mm -hmm. know, dictated that. And he had sort of this very, you know, angry at the world, and I'm going to make music my way, and it's my way or no way. And, uh, you know, even even to the point where he started really getting, you know, you know, large and, and big and really, you know, again, too big for his own britches, if you really want to go down that path. And, and to the point now to where it's, it's really... You know, the opposite of that. I know we're going to talk a lot about this and even some of the criticisms from, you know, the Christian world, which we'll talk about because I mm -hmm. don't know that I agree with all that. Right, right. Uh, now, I, I do know that in some of my research on Kanye and, and looking at him, that a lot of the songs that he sang in the past, he would kind of weave Christian-type themes and verbiage and such into some of his words, although in a not – Christian appropriate right. way at all. Right. I guess one of his songs was I Am a God. Uh, but there were all other things where he would kind of work this this type of Christianese type things in, you know, and I never looked at that as a go, oh, well, hey, that makes him Christian friendly. No, because, you know, Madonna used to work stuff like Correct. that, some of the crucifixes and Correct. Christian type imagery and whatever, but in a blasphemous way. Uh, so then we hear these reports that he accepted Jesus Christ. 
and he's actually come out and said this. I mean, he's not trying to declare. And, and uh, Neil, I'll toss this over to you. This is something that it'd be one thing if he tried to claim this continuity of, oh, yeah, I've been a Christian or whatever. But he's actually saying, no, I just recently became a born-again believer in Christ. I just recently gave my life to Jesus Christ. So it does appear that here's a man, one of the most famous people on the planet, uh, is actually making a public declaration saying, I've given my life to Jesus Christ. I, I don't think that's something we can just sweep under the rug. No, and I think that like with any other person who would say that they've become a believer in Christ, we ought to give them the benefit of the doubt. That's just my take on it. And and be excited for what we are seeing currently. And there does appear to be a major change, you know, in the kind of lyrics he's putting out and his public demeanor. And, and I would agree, even his facial expression. I saw some of the older videos and I saw some of the newer, you know, uh, interviews he was doing with regard to his faith and where he's at right now musically and stuff. So, yeah, I would agree. But um, I don't know, it seems to me like uh, the temptation is to hold a guy like that at arm's length because he's worth so much money, because. His life is largely played out in public and on social media and stuff like that. But I'm pretty confident that something significant happened. What I did notice, by the way, is that he made several references about being a believer back as early as uh, as I could see, back in 2008, maybe even 2009. But one of the interviews I saw that he did recently, he said, look, I, I was kind of playing around for the first few years. It was about me. I was selfish, and I kind of got lost in myself. But that I agree 100%. He's said that more recently he's had a radical transformation and that he today is a a Christian and a follower of Jesus and it's God and Jesus that are calling the shots in his life. And I think that's pretty encouraging. Hmm. Well, one of the things I want to explore is, is how we as Christians should be responding to him. And some of the mixed response that we've been hearing uh, from Christians as well. And we're going to dive into all of that uh, next as we continue through this National Crawford Roundtable podcast. Short break. We'll continue right after this. Learn how to walk the narrow path with Steve Gregg. With over 40 years of studying the Bible, Steve Gregg is passionate about teaching you how to apply scriptural wisdom to every aspect of your life. Listen to The Narrow Path on your local Crawford Broadcasting Station or online at thenarrowpath.com. The Narrow Path is 100% listener-supported. Please keep this vital ministry going with your generous financial support and let them know you heard about The Narrow Path on the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast. Continuing on this National Crawford Roundtable Podcast with John Rush out of Denver, Roger Marsh out of Southern California, Neil Boron out of Buffalo, New York, myself, Bob Duco out of Detroit. And so, guys, we're talking about Kanye West, his conversion, and it's been interesting to see the mixed response and reaction that that he's been getting. I've talked about this with my listeners, and I've had some of them that just say, you know what, I'm not buying it. This is a marketing gimmick. They're looking at them out of the corner of their eye, and they're expecting, uh, in my opinion, an unfair and unrealistic measure of spiritual maturity instantly out of him. I think we need to recognize the difference between uh, spiritual conversion and spiritual maturity. Uh, but I don't think that it's fair to be taking somebody like this and constantly looking for the wrong to nitpick in this, you know, and, and I, here's kind of my take on this, and I want to throw it out to you guys. Uh, I don't know the man's heart. Only God knows his heart. Uh, is it possible that 
he hasn't really accepted Jesus Christ, but this is all part of one big elaborate uh, strategic marketing and branding gimmick. Is that possible? Sure, I suppose so. It's possible. Uh, But it's also possible that he genuinely has accepted the Lord and he's a baby Christian who's got to meander his way through growing in Christ while having a bigger spotlight on him than most people on the planet would. Uh, If I'm going to err on any side, I'd rather err on the side of grace. Uh, if, I, if I'm proven wrong, I'd rather be proven wrong in that he is just playing us and then I was naive enough to give him the benefit of the doubt and support him and then have egg on my face. I'd rather be wrong in that way than to have him be a genuine Christian and rather than praying for him and encouraging him and welcoming him to the body of Christ, uh, I joined the bandwagon of cynics and critics who were looking for fault in him and was chipping away at his uh, newfound faith. So uh, I'd rather err on the side of grace. And Roger, let me toss this out to you. I mean, as Christians, how do we look at somebody like Kanye West, and what do we do with those who are saying, sorry, I'm just very skeptical and cynical of the guy? Well, I think we need to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. I mean, it's, it's, it, you have to look at the foundation of what is behind what's going on here. Neil was mentioning some of the videos that he's been watching, and I don't know if you guys had a chance to see the James Corden segment with CBS News. Was it 20 minutes of them, the whole entourage, on an airplane, and him sharing his testimony and you, know, you can see Doug, your point about the count and john i think you made this point too uh, his countenance is different i mean there, there's something about him that's definitely different i want to believe that it's true i mean i might the, the spiritual part of me wants to of course the, the sinful fallen part of me says mm-hmm. oh i'm going to be skeptical but i'll tell you what if this is a ruse he's gone to great lengths to really try to deceive us i mean right. then i say that sarcastically and i why? think well, well, I mean, yeah. no offense, yeah. guys, but the, the, as far as the marketing and the money side of the fence goes, if I were somebody that's worth $240 million and trying to expand my career, looking to the Christian world to do that and expand my reach, no offense, that would be the last place I would look to because, no offense, right. most right. Christians are cheap. Right. Yeah, well, and, the, and that market isn't that big. I mean, there are it's a lot not. of people profess, profess exactly. faith Christ, but a, a really great, quote-unquote, faith-based movie might get $60, $70 million Thank at you. the box office. Thank you. So, yeah, I, 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 I think we look at that part and say, yeah, there's a, a healthy skepticism. At the same time, I think as Christians, we have to look at the foundation. Who's discipling him? Where is he engaged in terms of you know his, his faith? He's doing these Sunday services, which are getting all sorts of headlines, and apparently leading a lot of people to Christ. But what's behind all that? You know, if, if there isn't a firm foundation, then it winds up becoming a show, and that's where he's going to need really strong brothers and sisters in the faith to come alongside him. John, what about the, the, the Sunday services? Because some of the pushback has been, it is more of a show. It's a Jesus Christ superstar kind of production show, and it's been almost by invitation only. And so it's been a chance for him to uh, pretty much have the light shown on him and not so much of Jesus Christ. He's not doing a good job deflecting the glory off of him to the Lord. This is some of the stuff that I've heard. Now, yeah. I don't think that that's fair. I, I really I don't, don't. I don't think it's healthy, and I think we give the man the benefit of the doubt and let him grow and mature as a Christian at whatever pace the Holy Spirit works with him on. Uh, but this is something that's been uh, that's been leveled, that he's, he's putting on these Jesus productions, and we're a bunch of gullible Christians going, oh, look at Kanye, praise the Lord. How do we respond to that? 
Yeah, and, and Bob, to your point, I mean, a lot of that's coming from Christendom, and frankly, I mean, I'm looking at articles right now out of L.A. Times, New York Times, and so on, where the, the secular world is even criticizing him for the exact same things that Christians are criticizing him over. So this guy, you know, as a, as a side note, is taking a ton of heat for what his, what his beliefs are right now and even these Sunday services. And I think the one thing we have to think about, Bob, is that, that you know, if, if any of those people that are criticizing, especially on the Christian side of the fence, or I should say on the Christian side of the fence, they're criticizing him, and yet they'd have to go back in their own life and look at, wait a minute, when I was a baby Christian— and I was learning how all this stuff worked, and I didn't have you know the entire world looking at me while I was doing this. Did I do everything exactly perfect? I know Bob right now as a mature Christian, I don't do everything perfect. <laughs> right. So how can we expect him to do that in, at, at this level when when he's really learning? And one of the things that that really captured me, I think, in all of this, and where I felt like I really felt like he had made a genuine profession, is when he told his wife Kim, "Hey." The way you dress and the way you look hurts right. my soul. It hurts my yes. heart. I would rather you not dress the way you've been dressing. And to me, that's the first thing the Holy Spirit starts to work on typically in people's lives is how do they behave? How do they look? How are they acting? And when you saw that in him, or at least when I did, that to me was the first indication that, yeah, this guy's got some genuine conversion going on because otherwise you wouldn't say that. What about uh, the the type of Jesus that is being promoted here because I and I say this only to kind of play devil's advocate because I I, I don't believe that we should be picking him apart but I want to take uh, all the different aspects and concerns and red flags that some Christians are rave, raising and deal with them honestly uh, Neil one of the things that that I have heard as well is that just because you shout the name Jesus doesn't mean that it's the real true biblical Jesus there is kind of a culturally acceptable, politically correct, uh, Hollywood feel-good version of Jesus, you know, Jesus is my homeboy kind of thing, you, uh, you do have some famous celebrities that they will, they will say, hey, yeah, Jesus is great, you know, I'm a fan of Jesus, but they, they haven't really truly given their lives to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and trusting in him for their salvation and washing him clean of their sins. It's a culturally acceptable Jesus is my homeboy kind of version of it. Uh, do you get any indication at all that this is uh, that this is a kind of fake, shallow Jesus movement or that this is really an extension of a man, albeit very wealthy and famous, who appears to have legitimately had a road to Damascus experience? Whatever he's saying about Jesus, and there is an awful lot of celebration going on, you know, it just seems like he's having a good time following Jesus. Mm -hmm. But to make comments about what his wife is wearing publicly and to talk about how that hurts his heart, um, you know, to to talk about his apparently his new political affiliation as a supporter of Donald Trump, which, by the way, doesn't make you a Christian. Right. There are followers of, you know, fans of, of President Barack Obama who are going to heaven and those that name, you know, voted for Donald Trump who aren't going to be in heaven. So, that in itself doesn't mean anything, but he's talk, He's calling out you know, pornography publicly. He talks about seeing a Playboy magazine when he was five years old and how that influenced his lyrics and his understanding of you know, the whole sexualization of culture and stuff. Mm-hmm. He talked he's about abortion, calling, too. Abortion. A- abortion, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's calling out the idea of, of culture in general as being you know, a slave to culture. He says, I'm no longer a slave to that. I'm a slave to Christ, um, and I want to take my cues – from Jesus, so I mean, he he's got a lot to lose. If if you're, whoever said it earlier, I agree 100. percent This is not the way 
to further market your products, you know, to, to align yourself with some of the most controversial things on the planet, including, of course, Jesus. Because if he's legit and he's following Christ, eventually sort of the hysteria about, you know, his newfound faith and Jesus is king as a number one album is going to fade and he's going to be ostracized at some point. I just pray that it doesn't come at the hands of the church, you know, um, and there's a quick story I want to tell you, but let's just pause for one second here. I think it's time for us to take a break. When I come back, I want to just share a quick story, and, and maybe it relates to some of what we're talking about. You're listening to the National Crawford Roundtable, and we'll be back with more in just a moment. Be transformed by the Word of God with Alistair Begg and Truth for Life. Every weekday, Alistair Begg teaches the Bible through in-depth, verse-by-verse attention to the Word of God. You can listen to Truth for Life on your local Crawford Broadcasting Station or listen online at truthfullife.org. Please support this important ministry with your donations at the truthfullife.org website or by calling 888-588-7884 and be sure to let them know you heard about Truth for Life from the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. This is the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. My name is Neil Boron and Bob Duco in Detroit is with us, John Rush in Denver and Roger Marsh in Southern California. Uh, we're talking about Kanye West and um, and what the, the church's reaction should be to his proclamation that he's a follower of Jesus, you know, cautious or supportive. What exactly should it be? I just wanted to raise a similar circumstance. Back in the day, I, I would think it was the 1970s, but it may have been the early 80s, B.J. Thomas, who wrote the song uh, Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head, came out with a Christian album. And I remember playing it on Christian radio. And everybody was elated that B.J. Thomas was a Christian. But then he took that album. I'm sorry, he, he began you know, doing Christian concerts, but he took some of his past music with him. And apparently in some concert somewhere, he sang Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. And the disgusted Christians who felt like this was evidence that mm. he was not truly a believer, because how could he ever sing a song like that? And by the way, if you compare that to some of you know, uh, Kanye's lyrics in his early work, it's just unbelievable. But... Uh, he became so frustrated with the pushback he was getting from Christian culture, he kind of walked away. He said, like, you know, what, what's the sense of trying to be a Christian? There's no encouragement here. All I get is, um, you know, conviction, condemnation and stuff from people that are throwing stones at me. I sure hope that doesn't happen to Kanye. But he is, my point in all of this is he's going to face opposition from the world and he's potentially going to face opposition from the church. And yet he appears not to be backing down. And for that, I think we should give him the benefit of the doubt. Absolutely. You know, I was... I was watching his appearance on Jimmy Kimmel's show a few nights mm-hmm. ago, and it was interesting. As he walked out, uh, he got this massive standing ovation from the audience. They were cheering him. And then when he came out, he said, you know, I'd, yes, I've given my life to Jesus Christ. I belong to him or whatever. And the audience was cheering and applauding that. And as I was watching that, I was thinking to myself, okay, that that seems a little bit odd because I know that the overwhelming majority of a Jimmy Kimmel audience is not exactly going to be the body of Christ. And so why are they cheering him? Why are they applauding him? And it it seems to me that this is part of what I was saying in the last segment, that maybe a lot of secular society isn't really upset with him yet because they just kind of assume that he, that, that he's embracing Jesus as some kind of a... Jesus is my homeboy. Hey, I'm a Jesus fan. I'm going from bad guy to good guy. And and so and, and they see it in kind of a surface shallow way. But as Kanye West shows more maturity, more spiritual growth, and people secular society starts realizing, wait a minute here, 
this isn't just some kind of, uh, hey, it's a Hollywood guy embracing Jesus, yay Jesus. This guy is becoming one of those radical born-agains. I I think secular society is going to start turning on him and they're going to start looking for anything that they can attack him on. And that's where we as believers, we have to ask ourselves, which side of this fence are we going to be on? Because I I hate to say it, guys. And Roger, I'll throw this to you. As Christians, we're like praying mantises. You know, we eat our own in such an ugly way. (laughs) We really do. And so uh, I think it's very important that somebody like Kanye West, as soon as secular society starts realizing, hey, wait a minute here, this looks like he's really turning into one of those authentic Jesus freak nuts, uh, I think Kanye West needs to know that he's been receiving the embrace of the body of Christ and that we're not doing the same thing just waiting for him to say or do something that doesn't sound spiritually mature enough for us. Yeah, it's interesting. I was reading an article in the Wall Street Journal uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, Nicole Alt wrote it, an opinion piece, and she says, look, a canceled Kanye begins a hymn. And she was talking about the fact that the cancel culture that we live in mm-hmm. has no grace, none whatsoever. Right. So if one false move and you're out, and it doesn't matter if you're on the left or on the right. And as we've seen with some of uh, take the John MacArthur, Beth Moore debacle back and forth. Right. It's all, I'm with her, I'm with him. You know, yes and no, back and forth. We're losing our ability to you know, show a certain measure of grace to people. And, and I think it all goes back to mercy. I mean, we look at the Beatitudes, and Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, they will be shown mercy. That mercy starts with God being merciful to us as sinners. And so if we're going to you know, see a new brother come along, we may not understand. I still don't understand this whole Kanye West phenomenon at all. I really don't. But I don't think God's calling us to understand it so much as to watch, see what's going on. And it's going to take time to see what kind of fruit this actual ministry really does in fact bear so my prayer would be obviously for him if any man is in christ he's a new creation the old is gone but it's going to take some time to see what that all looks like so benefit of the doubt let's be prayerful and praying also as i said earlier that god raises up men and women around him that are Mm -hmm. grounding him because Mm -hmm. these sunday service things if that becomes his church that could be really fair you know we all know people who were famous celebrities who went off on the mantle of, hey, I'm a Christian now, and so therefore everything I say is anointed of God, that, that there's a real danger there, too. Absolutely. He's in need of prayer. And I just also want to suggest real quick, it's the last thing I'll say right now, but uh, one of the things I think not just Christians need to do, but we need to do, and I hope before we end the conversation later that we get a chance to pray for Kanye, because that's what James 5 says we should do. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, John, Roger brought up the issue of the fruit that's produced, and I think that's something that we do need to look for, what kind of fruit will be produced Mm -hmm. from this. And I got to tell you, so far, I'm feeling pretty good about the the fruit that's been produced. I mean, here's a guy that's he's on Jimmy Kimmel's show, and here's Jimmy Kimmel introducing him and plugging his latest album. And just to even hear Jimmy Kimmel's vocal cords form the words "Jesus is King," I, I know. know he's just saying the title of an album, okay? <laughs> I know. But still, yeah. seeing Jimmy Kimmel say "Jesus is King," uh, news reporters are actually reporting the words "Jesus is King." So, any reports on this? At least those words mean. I know it's empty and that we know that they're only saying that the title of an album, but that is being proclaimed. Uh, you got a pastor in Louisiana who says this past Sunday there were over a thousand people, mostly young, who made first time decisions for Jesus Christ. You have Jesus being proclaimed and you have one of the most famous entertainers on the planet 
who's at least saying the words, I have given my life to Jesus Christ. He is my Lord and my Savior. I live for him, and I'm not doing secular music anymore. It's just going to be gospel music. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I don't know his heart. I don't know his spiritual growth uh, curve and how quickly that's going to go. But I see positive fruit being produced from this. We're going to uh, continue with the second half of this National Crawford Roundtable podcast. We're going to get into a lot more about uh, Kanye West, his latest album, Jesus is King, and maybe talk about some advice as believers that we could offer to Kanye West. You can uh, download and subscribe to this podcast. You can get it at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. You can also find it online at CrawfordBroadcasting.com, and we'll continue the second half of this discussion next here on the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast. Continuing through this National Crawford Roundtable podcast with John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Roger Marsh, the bottom line out of Southern California, Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York, myself, Bob Duco, Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. And we are talking all things Kanye West right now. Uh, I, I think one, this sounds terrible for me to say it this way, but I'm just going to throw it out because I think some people are thinking this way. I hope this takes you know, I hope this sticks. I hope this isn't a phase uh, that Kanye West is going through. You know, as we were talking about before, Roger, it's it's something that we want to see consistent fruit being produced from this. And I know this sounds terrible to say it this way, but I, I think a lot of Christians are looking at the Kanye West thing and rejoicing. But at the same time, they're saying, boy, I really hope this sticks, you know, mm-hmm. uh, not getting into a lose your salvation debate or whatever. But is this something that he will really, truly uh, grow in and continue to mature in? Uh, or is this going to be a thing where some seeds fell on rocky ground and didn't take root or uh, fell among the thorns and were choked out by all the things of life and fame and music and Hollywood and the Kardashian world and, and everything else? I think that's one of the things that a lot of Christians are hoping for, that this is real, genuine, authentic, and permanent. Yeah, that, well, a couple of things that we've discussed in the earlier segment kind of come to mind as you mentioned that, Bob. Uh, the Louisiana event where a thousand or so young people uh, re- received Christ at the Sunday service. John's comment about, you know, when you're, when you're Kanye West and you're married to Kim Kardashian, who has made a pretty good living for herself just kind of being famous without her clothes on or right. dressed rather provocatively, suggestively. When he's now saying, hey, honey, you know, here's the deal. We're walking a new road here, or at least I am. And if you're you know, my wife, I want you to go down this way. Uh, that isn't necessarily going to score him a lot of points. I mean, who's going to go to Instagram now and see a picture of the two of them dressed normally? You know, right. I mean, they, 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 they're well said. well said, Roger. That's, that's what they do. Um, it's interesting. When the album came out, we did a call-in on the Bottom Line show, and they had just done one of the Sunday services in L.A. at the Forum. And so I, you know, I, our audience isn't necessarily that audience that would necessarily go. And yet we had a couple of 20-year-old young ladies who called, one of them uh, daughter of an African-American pastor, who went to the Sunday service in L.A. And she said, you know, I went because I know his music. I know, you know, what my church teaches and everything, and I really just wanted to see it for myself. And she said, you know, you really could feel the Spirit of the Lord there. She said, I was watching people give their hearts to Jesus at what happened there. So she said, I don't understand the ticket prices, the $200 for the sweatshirt, you know, all that other stuff. And maybe those are things that as we're watching, we can say, I mean, I, I would encourage him if I were in his circle to say, hey, look, if you do a Sunday service and you're charging people to get in, that looks like you're selling the gospel. Maybe there's a better way that you could still do these events 
and still, you know, the spirit of the Lord is there. I mean, I, I again, it's, it's more charismatic. It's not my deal. I'm a Lutheran guy. We're liturgical, you know, so mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it wouldn't be my, my cup of tea. But if God is stirring people up, I mean, let's face it, Saul to Paul, I mean, the comparison may not be that too far off in our generation. What about the selling of the merchandise stuff and the $200 shirts and the, the things like that? The, there is a negative perception that some people have. Uh, Neil, I mean, what's, what's your take on that? Is there, should there be any kind of concerns? Is he not allowed to uh, sell merchandise? Is he not allowed to have any kind of marketing benefit from this, or does that in some way water it down? I think it raises questions, as it should, in a sense, because then it's then it's the question of, well, where's his heart really at? As a matter of fact, there was an article in Forbes magazine written about all this, and that was called into question because uh, the exact quote is, Jesus is king is occasionally thrilling and quite moving. And I don't doubt West's sincerity or passion for the gospel, but a- after a handful of false starts and postponements, the album falls far short of the bar West previously that West previously set for himself. And the gospel element feels more like a marketing ploy than a genuine conversion narrative. Um, he goes on to say, if West has found peace in his spiritual rebirth, that's wonderful. Unfortunately, on Jesus is King, it sounds like music is consequently the last thing on his mind. So, you know, that's kind of getting called into question. But the whole, you know, does he have a right to make a living doing this? Well, pastors have a right to make a living preaching the gospel, and that's according to the Word of God. Should it be about the marketing? No. But on the other hand, you know, excuse me, contemporary Christian music and the whole Christian, you know, public speaking conference tour thing is big business. It's huge. Right. Absolutely huge. So, um I think all of that needs to come into play as we think about these kinds of things. What, what's interesting to me, and um, you guys have mentioned his wife a couple times, she said in September Kanye started this to really heal himself, and it was a really personal thing, and it was just friends and family. He's had an amazing evolution of being born again and being saved by Christ. But then Kanye himself went on to say, uh, when he was talking about himself, he said, when I was trying to serve multiple gods, small g, it drove me crazy, in reference to, quote, the god of ego, God of money, God of pride, and God of fame, and that I didn't even know what it meant to be saved, and that now that I love Jesus Christ, and now I love Jesus Christ, I love Christianity. So I don't know. I mean, I, it sounds like, in a way, he's aware of the, the caution he needs to have about this. I can't say for sure that there's no desire to continue to sell merchandise. Obviously, he's tremendously successful as a businessman and an entertainer, but I just pray that he can keep it in perspective. I mean, right. it's the same thing we would pray for you know, a, a quarterback in the NFL if they proclaimed Christ. You know, you do wonder, is it is it really fair to say that he's not allowed? Because there are some people that are saying he's not allowed to have any kind of marketing benefit. Oh, with that's at all. And, and that's absolutely. Well, you know, I, I think it is, too. I, I think about, look, we all speak in churches. We do speak in events and such. I speak in churches all the time. You know, I get an apologetic series uh, of materials, and we have a table in the back and or out in the lobby, and so people buy, you know, stuff there. And it's like, I, I don't I don't feel like, oh, no, I'm in danger of having Jesus come in and overturn the tables. I mean, uh, so obviously, there's a right and a You're not in the temple to, anyway, so you're not that's not yeah, gonna exactly. There I mean, you that's go. That's the other thing people forget today too. We're not in the temple. It doesn't apply. Right. Yeah. Right. No. Exactly. I'm waiting for Bob to come out with the apparel. That's what I want. Is the Duco. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Wow. Bob Duco on, T-shirt. Bob. No, I'm, th- I'm thinking we come out with the uh, with the uh, Rush Marsh Boron Duco bobbleheads. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> yes. Something yes. like that. So okay I mean, then. So guys, those same those same people that would they would say he's not allowed to. So then I guess if you go to a 
Casting Crowns or Newsboy or Mercy Me right. concert, then exactly. those guys aren't allowed to sell their wares either. I mean, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I know. But you know what? There's people that, that have that attitude that it's just wrong. You cannot uh, sell merchandise at those, all. Those are jealous Christians. Yeah, well, probably. Those are the people I used to go to church with. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's right. I don't they're, know who you're talking about. They're not buying our stuff anyway, so what do we get? <laughs> I mean, and, and there's, some, there's some great articles out there, guys. There's one in you know, National Review I just happened to pull up, which, you know, take it for what it is. But basically, you know, in a paraphrase, you know, they're talking about even the lyrics that are in his songs and, you know, talking about what he's even speaking about and the fact that he's, you know, raising up, you know, men to be fathers. He's basically slamming social media and the obsession we have there, and that should be exchanged for family prayer. I mean, these are things that are in his songs. You, you, again, you can't tell me that a guy just looking to make money off of this would do those sorts of things, because you could do songs that are very Christian-themed, quote-unquote, that don't have much of a message, and still, if you, if you would, make money off of Christendom, which, by the way, there's a lot of other ways to make money besides doing that. But at any rate, if that's really the angle you were taking— you wouldn't do those things with your lyrics anyways. Right. Yeah. And, and can I add that he's also calling out those who are upset with him for no longer just simply cooperating with what I would term black entertainment culture, that, that he's yes. saying, look, yes, it, that's very I, true. I'm not, I have no reason to take my cues anymore from that kind of culture that, that demands that I give them what they want, meaning sexualized lyrics, uh, you know, obscenities, profanities, whatever he was doing in his music before. He says, basically, I march to the beat of a different drummer, and my knee is bowed to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And that alone is not going to be a popular message in the hip-hop culture that he previously made all his money from. Yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, let's uh, let's do this because I know Roger, you're gonna we're gonna need to take a break here pretty soon. And one of the things I'd like to kind of shift toward is. What kinds of things, what kind of advice maybe that would be good for the body of Christ to give Kanye West, not only how we respond to him, but but how we might uh, guide him along? It seems like that's a good area, kind of Roger, to head into next. Yeah, I, th- I definitely think so, and I, I'm, I'm trusting that the four of us can actually come up with a couple of good pieces of advice for him. We're usually good at pretty giving good advice, right? So why don't we take a break and give everyone a chance to kind of load up here, and uh, we'll come back in just a moment. We're discussing Kanye West and the Jesus is King album here on the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. Dr. Michael Yusuf leads the way for people living in spiritual darkness to discover the light of Jesus Christ. This tremendous outreach begins with the proclamation of God's Word through the uncompromising biblical teaching of Dr. Michael Yusuf. Leading the Way is here to equip and strengthen the church to stand strong and to advance the gospel in today's ever-changing world. Listen to Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Yusuf at ltw.org slash listen, and be sure to mention you heard about their program on the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. All right, back on the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, uh, Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live out of uh, WDCX in uh, Buffalo, uh, Bob Duco, the Bob Duco Show in Detroit, John Rush, uh, Rush to Reason, KLZ in Denver, and yours truly, Roger Marsh, the bottom line in Southern California. Um, we, we've discussed this, uh, the idea of Kanye's conversion. Is it real? Is it not? Is it a marketing ploy? And now I think there are things where we could, you know, there's the advice part. You know, how do we come alongside a guy like this? Not that Kanye is listening to our podcast, but Kanye, if you are, we really do hope and pray that, you know, <laughs> that you have a good, successful ministry here. But guys, what are the, what are some of the things that you would be looking for 
to see. I'll, I'll start with one, and I'm just going to right. roll it out there for everybody. Um, we've talked about the fact that he has addressed some spiritual-type things, quote-unquote, in his previous songs, but they didn't necessarily have you know a real biblical sense to them. And so the, one of the easy targets that would be is like, well, you're singing this Jesus stuff now, but what about that then? I would love to see him have the opportunity or maybe even take the opportunity to address that 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 issue and that you know why why that's a representation of the fact that he's a changed guy anything else resonate with you all guys neil i got nothing on this one roger what, what do you say well it sounds like i have uh, I, i'm sorry i'm john i'm sorry john i meant to say. No, john, what yeah, do you think? no i i would tend to agree with with roger although roger i think and i was just trying to pull up the actual lyrics and read through some of the lyrics of some of the songs i'll be honest i haven't listened to every single song sure on sure. the album but, but so i was i was just kind of looking at you know some of the lyrics and you know, Roger, I, I'll have to say this. I think he's already doing some of that. So what you just said, okay. some okay. of that fruit is already there, and he's already changing and doing with his lyrics. In fact, the world is criticizing him for some of those lyrics, i.e. talking about even you know Chick-fil-A in the lyrics yeah, and things along true. those lines. Right. And they hate uh-huh. and they hate Chick-fil-A, and, and believe me, he knows that. And so, uh, again, for him to do some of these things and get the criticism that he's getting – Frankly, guys, from both sides of the street, he's getting it from, you know, the, the, the left, the politically speaking, all of the things going on there. And now he's getting it from Christendom as well, which my advice to him would be stay true to what you know. Stay true to Christ. Do what you need to do. Don't worry about what everybody else in the world is saying. You've already got thick skin. Make it even thicker if you have to, and keep doing what you know you need to do and what God's telling you to do on a daily basis. Uh, yeah, one of the things that... Yeah, and I saw an article, I'm sorry, uh, an interview that he did in which um, he said, look, I mean, he was calling out people who say that they have a relationship with Christ but are afraid to live it publicly. And he said, you know, there's these people who say that, uh, well, I've got my own relationship with Christ, kind of just a me and God thing. And he said the reason they say that is because they're clinging to sin. And the implication was that this is where he's been in the past. He said, I struggle with sin. And there's probably stuff I'm going to need to repent of right this very second. Uh, but what he was implying was that there's a process involved. And I think he's actually living out his early faith of just – and by the way, the messiness of being criticized by both sides, you know, his former supporters and or people in the church who aren't ready to embrace him and whatever else is going to come of this because I still think he's in the Palm Sunday phase. I think that there's a lot more to come in the future. There's going to be some blowback eventually uh, once all of the – you know. Once all the euphoria about this so-called conversion and this album wear off, but um, he's basically saying, you know, the doubters, the strugglers, the people are going to be coming at me. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. This is what Christianity is, and I'm willing to live it because I'm living for the king now. I mean, it was an amazing statement that he made that I think represents some degree of maturity, however immature he may still be in Christ. How tough, guys, do you think it's got to be to be a baby Christian and— basically learn what it means to even be a Christian when you're in that kind of a public eye, when you're that, when you have that much fame, when you have that, that surrounded by that many yes men, when you just uh, all the kind of adulation that you receive, you know, we can't relate to that. I, I think when I accepted the Lord, I was 19 years old. Okay. Well, I remember going to work, the place I was working, and, you know, they were mocking me and laughing. Oh, would you get religion now, Duco? You know, stuff like that. So, you know, I got to deal with some friends in my circle. You got to deal with stuff like that. But what's it got to be like for people that are really famous people 
and then now suddenly uh, you're, you're trying to live an authentic life in Jesus Christ because it's still – once you get all the crowds put away and all the lights are turned off, it's Kanye West, one individual, on his knees with the Lord. And how difficult that's got to be from – you see stories of uh, – uh, Elvis Presley, you know, when it, was he a Christian or was he not a Christian? And there are many who was raised as a Christian. How difficult it is to try to uh, be Elvis Presley at the same time as trying to be a Christian, this whole kind of double life thing. You look at Donald Trump, uh, the reports that, hey, he really is a baby Christian, not trying to judge the man's heart. But how difficult has it got to be to be in a role like that and try to grow as a Christian while you still have all of this, you're immersed in the world. And, and I, I got to tell you, guys, I just I can't wrap my brain around what it's got to be like to have that level of money and fame and adulation and fan yeah. base and, and that yeah. big of a spotlight well on you from every yeah. direction while yeah, at the looking. same time you're trying to grow now as, a, an, as an authentic Christian. That's got to right. be tough. I, I fully agree. And, and real quick, Roger, I just want to read you one lyric of, of the of one song that he's got. The oh, song yeah. Is, this, real quick, and in the, in the song is uh, it's from it's from the Jesus is King. It's called God Is. So God is my light in darkness. God, God, God is. He is my all in all, and I'll never turn back. God is everything that has everything that has breath. Praise the Lord. Worship Christ with the best of your portions. I know I won't forget all He's done. He's the strength in this race that I run. Every time I look up, I see God's faithfulness. And it shows just how much he is miraculous. I can't keep it to myself. I can't sit here and be still. Everybody, I will tell the whole world, is healed. King of kings, Lord of lords, all the things he has in store, from the rich to the poor, are all welcome through the door. You won't ever be the same when you call on Jesus' name. Listen to the words I'm saying. Jesus, save me. Now I'm sane. And I know, I know God is the force that picked me up. I know Christ is the fountain that filled my cup. I know God is alive. Yeah, he has opened up my vision. Given me a revelation. This ain't about a dead religion. Jesus brought a revolution. All the captives are forgiven. Time to break down all the prisons. Every man, every woman, there is freedom from addiction. Jesus, you have my soul. Sunday service on a roll. All my idols, let them go. All the demons, let them know. This is mission, not a show. This is my eternal soul. This my kids. This is crib. This my wife. This my life. This my God-given right. Thank you, Jesus. Won the fight. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. Not bad, guys. Yeah, we'll take it. That's really not bad. Take <laughs> take that all day long. And, you know, John, I know we've got to take one more short break here in just a moment. Uh, and I think it would be good for us to maybe try to get some more advice maybe out on the table that uh, the body of Christ uh, yeah. might, might suggest well to Conway and some, some directions that he can uh, go. Well, and let's do that, Bob. That's a great. That's a great segue. We'll do that. Let's come right back. You're listening to the National Crawford Roundtable. Dr. James Dobson left a successful career in academia to preserve and promote the biblical family in America. The radio broadcasting ministry of Dr. Dobson spans over four decades, earning him 17 honorary doctorate degrees and an induction into the National Radio Hall of Fame. Today, Dr. Dobson continues to champion marriage and parenthood through Family Talk. Listen every weekday at drjamesdobson.org and be sure to reference the National Crawford Roundtable podcast when asked how you listen to Family Talk. All right, guys, and we're back. National Crawford Roundtable, myself, Bob Duco, Neil Boron, and Roger Marsh. And, 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 you know, to give 
some more advice, I guess. And again, Roger, you were saying if, if Conway, Kanye actually happens to listen to, you know, either our radio program or the, the, the podcast itself, uh, you know, Kanye, all I'm going to say is this, Kanye, you know, love you. Uh, hope you're doing, uh, I'm, I'm proud of what you're doing. Yes, what I should say. I don't want to say hope. I'm proud of what you're doing. Reading the lyrics that I just read a moment ago, I do believe that you've had a, a solid conversion. And, and again, all I'm going to say is, is, you know, put away all of the, the, um, uh, the naysayers that are out there from both sides of the fence. And I think that my advice, Bob, to Christians would be this. You know, stop criticizing and start praying for the guy. You know, mm-hmm. no, you know, a lot of people even criticized all of us as we were young Christians and even to this point still do because none of us are perfect. And those that are, that are criticizing, or I always say, those that are pointing the finger, look, there's three more pointing back at yourself and be careful what you say. Yep. Mm, so true, so true. You know, Greg Laurie, who uh, obviously, Roger, you're familiar with there in Southern California, but many of us are, Harvest Church and, and the Harvest Crusades and such. Uh, Greg Laurie wrote an open letter to Kanye West just a few days ago. And in this open letter, he basically gave three pieces of advice, three major pieces of advice. Uh, one of them was, read your Bible, read it every day. You know, don't just make this about production and such, but there's that alone time with the Lord. Uh, Number two is pray. Talk to the Lord every single day. Uh, And then number three is find a church that you can plug into and, in essence, place yourself under someone's spiritual authority. Surround yourself with people that are more spiritually mature than yourself and uh, and allow yourself to be spiritually mentored and certainly uh, under a church and under a pastor. Uh, and I think that sounds to me from Greg Laurie, uh, I would argue, Roger, some pretty good and solid advice. Yeah, yeah. it is. And it's yep. good to have that. I mean, it's really good to have that, uh, that someone of, of Greg Laurie's stature uh, you know, sharing that advice because he's such a great evangelist. I know uh, CBN reported that Patricia Heaton uh, had yeah. a, a column about the same thing about, hey, it's very hard to be a Christian in Hollywood. So she offered some advice as well. It's interesting you mentioned Greg uh, Laurie because I was thinking about the Kanye situation when I was at the recent SoCal Harvest event at the Anaheim Stadium. Uh-huh. And I was there with Dr. Dobson's team, and we were backstage, as it were, in the stadium club where they were doing all the media interviews, and Daryl Strawberry walked in. I don't know if you guys are from, remember oh, yeah. Daryl oh, sure, Strawberry, sure. Yes. the baseball yes. player. You remember when he first received Christ, and he still had a drug problem or whatever? Within about a week, you know, he was going public and saying, I've made all these declarations, et cetera, et cetera. And his road has been anything but clear. I mean, there's no question about it. It's been a tough road. It's nice to see what God has done in his ministry now, 25, 30 years after the fact, but it was kind of a, it's kind of a cautionary reminder, I think, to all of us that when you're in the spotlight, like uh, Kanye is right now, uh, you could be a well-known personality who has a radical transformation for the Lord, and next thing you know, you're Kirk Cameron. You know, mm-hmm. you're the you're the you're the it guy on TV when you are, and all of a sudden you're taking a stand for biblical marriage, and and next thing you know, you kind of get labeled as oh, there's Kirk Cameron, you know, there's mm-hmm. there's Willie Ames, there's even to to Neil's point about B.J. Thomas, I'll never forget that quote that I read of him during that era where he said, look, you know, I want to bring glory to God, I want to make records, but I need my records to sell, and mm-hmm. quite frankly, if more people want to pay to hear me sing, raindrops keep falling on my head, I'm going to keep doing it. So my prayer for Kanye is, is stay the course. I like the fact when, when we did our call in a couple of weeks ago, or when the album first came out, uh, one of the criticisms we got was, well, Kanye didn't write these things. There's 20 different writers on here and this, that, and the other thing. And, <laughs> and I respectfully disagreed and said, That's wait a minute, if he's, bring, 
if yeah, it's well, it's totally unfair because the whole rap hip hop culture is constant about really about collaboration. But I thought, well, if he's bringing good writers and good producers into work with him, then that's a sign to me of a spiritual maturity. It says, I want to make sure that we get this right. I don't just want to use my own experience right now. So I think that that actually can be a plus for him. Right. Can I jump in for a second? I yes. mean, one of the things, if I was to talk to Conway, Kanye directly, I think what I would say is um, I'm going to be praying that you have an opportunity to, to in a sense, humble yourself to the point of serving others. Now, I think that he's done some of that because he did talk about, you know, going to um, Haiti and and, uh, the Bahamas and places that have been devastated previously by storms and being a part of outreach and that kind of thing. But to literally be in a place where he's not the guy with the microphone in the front, is he willing to also, you know, lay down his life and prefer others in love? And I think we'll see that in the future. I think that's going to come in some fashion. I don't know how, but I, I would suggest to him that he needs to be praying for opportunities to step out of the limelight and just quietly serve in the background because it's a place where he can experience tremendous growth. But rather than just give him advice, I think that what I would share with other believers is, look, the Bible is filled with a lot of one another statements, and I think there's like 94-some-odd verses in the Bible that address it and, you know, accept one another. Uh, Galatians 5 says, don't bite, devour, and consume one another. Mm-hmm. Patiently tolerate one another. Ephesians mm-hmm. four: Be kind and tender-hearted. Don't complain against one another. Uh, I mean, I could keep going. Do not judge one another. Don't be a stumbling block in a, in another brother's wake. Will we? Will the church be the stumbling block for Kanye? Pray that we won't. That's Romans fourteen. You know, encourage one another, stimulate one another to love and good deeds. It's all in there. But especially pray for one another. And I and I think that rather than just talk about Kanye, we really should um, consider praying for him. Consistently, not just on this podcast, and I hope we will, but you know that we would be serious about lifting him up because his name's going to be in the news. So rather than just watch a news story and go, "Oh wow, look more news about Kanye," let's take a moment and pray for him because the body of Christ praying is going to have a powerful result. You know, the prayers of a righteous man avail much. The Word of God yeah. says. One mm-hmm. other thing, real quick, the Apostle Paul in Corinthians, you know, writing to, in, I think it's chapter five, he's writing to people that are having sex with their mothers. These are believers who've fallen into sin, and he says, this is like what the pagans do, guys. Wake up. But throughout the letters of Paul, he continues to refer to the broken and fallible and sinful church that's trying to learn how to walk with Jesus as saints. And even in 1 Corinthians, he begins by talking to the church. And so what he's saying is, hey, look, you're believers, but we've got some work to do here. And, um, you know, he encourages them to step it up and to learn what it means to truly follow Christ and learn to walk by the Spirit so they won't carry out the desires of the flesh. Oh, that's such a you know, great Learn to walk point. as children of light. Anyway, I just— well, I, I, well, yeah. Neil, I'll tell you what, why don't, I think it would be very appropriate. We're just about out of time. Would you like to lead us in prayer for—maybe uh, offer up a prayer for uh, Kanye West as we kind of close it out? Yeah, I'd love to. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity we've had to discuss— this issue, not because it involves Kanye, but just because it involves how we're to treat other believers. And he's in an incredible position of prominence. He's incredibly well-known. He's wealthy. There's a lot of potential stumbling blocks, temptation on every corner. Lord, I pray that if he's a legitimate believer, uh, you would make that clear not only to him but to us, that we would see the fruit that would be expected in the life of somebody who's learning to walk with you. Lord, um, I just pray that, that we as believers wouldn't rush to judgment, but that on the other hand, we would uh, continue to pray for him, encourage him, support him in any way that we can. We Most of us will never have any direct contact with him. But I pray, Lord, that what others would see in our conduct is the love that we have for a brother in Christ. 
and the concern that we have for him. And so I pray for success in his life and his career, definitely in his family. Lord, I pray for continued growth between he and Kim Kardashian, Lord. Uh, It must be incredible to be in a spotlight like that. And yet what we really sense, Lord, is that you are doing something different in his life. And I just pray that this is not seed that has fallen on rocky ground, but that the roots would go deep and the fruit would come and a, a watching world would stand with their mouths gaping thinking, wow, somebody would do this to serve Jesus when it costs them so much, and I believe it may cost him. But I pray for strength in the midst of any storm, whether it's coming from lost people in the world and his fans or former fans, or whether it's coming from people in the church who decide that maybe it's more fun to throw stones at a new believer. Lord, help us to guard our own heart and to look at our own lives and to see what you're doing in us, even as we pray for and encourage Kanye in his walk. And I thank you for these brothers that we get a chance to talk with every week here on the National Crawford Roundtable and the heart that they have for you, the love that each one of them has, and the talents and the giftings. May we continue to use those for your glory. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Neil. Uh, Folks, that wraps up another National Crawford Roundtable podcast. And I would just encourage everybody out there, seriously, continue to pray for Kanye West. This is going to be a, a, a tough growth process for him uh, in the limelight as he is. And so just continue to lift him up in prayer. And Neil Boron, Neil Boron live out of Buffalo, New York. Roger Marsh, bottom line out of Southern California. Uh, John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver. Myself, Bob Duco, uh, WMZ out of Detroit. Want to remind everybody you can download and subscribe to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. And gentlemen, always great talking with you. Thanks so much. Looking forward to catching up with you next week. This has been the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a biblical view of culture, current events, and politics. Thank you for joining us. Download and subscribe to the podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. National Crawford Roundtable Podcast returns with a new discussion each week. Be sure to watch for the notification on your podcast app. This has been a Crawford Broadcasting Company production.